The Republic is no more. Your fleet are rebel scum and war criminals. Tell your precious princess there will be no terms. There will be no faking Star Wars radio. That's right. It's another fantastic episode of Faking Star Wars Radio, the official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. And with me today, we have our special guest, Sir Cal, Geek Source, who is here to talk about many different topics related to Star Wars, the sequel trilogy, the prequels. We'll get into a lot of interesting stuff with him, uh, even talk a little bit about fandom and producing our own content. So stay tuned. My name is Storm Duper, and this is a new kind of format that we're doing. This is our second episode of just simply an interview with a crazy, maniacal Star Wars fan. So I think you'll find this interview is uh, really good, and look for um, look for more of these to come in the in the next few months. So we are very honored today to have with us um, from uh, Geek Source, uh, as his uh, YouTube channel is called, I believe, um, Mr. Well, Sir, I'm sorry, Sir Cal. Uh, Cal, you're with us here in the studio. It's so nice to have you with us today. Nice to be here. Great. So, um, Cal, you know, I have to confess, um, I am not aware of how much you know about the podcast or what we do at Faking Star Wars, you know, uh, but we are a comedy site. And, you know, our fans may have or may not seen some of your YouTube videos, and I get the impression that you also have heard of comedy and that you may be interested in discussing Star Wars, but maybe in a bit of a humorous light. Oh, definitely, definitely. Fantastic. So tell the fans a little bit about what you're doing. Um, you know, Why are you a Star Wars fan? Why am I interviewing you right now? Oh, man, why am I a Star Wars fan? Um, well, this is actually topical because we have a new LEGO Star Wars game coming out sometime this year. Uh, and that's what actually got me into the series. That was my first exposure to Star Wars was, um, and this will reveal my age, uh, not the LEGO Star Wars game, but the LEGO Star Wars demo. My uncle had an Xbox, and you would get demo discs that just had a bunch of games that were supposed to be coming out, and they had, like, demos and first levels. And I remember the LEGO Star Wars one. I don't remember what the... what else was on that disc i just remember lego star wars level one was on it played that every day until the game came out uh and then i played <laughs> the game every day until and that's what got me into star wars so i pretty much knew the story of star wars before i even saw any of the movies wow and then yeah <laughs> um and then the viewing order was weird because we would watch it like four one five two six three <laughs> well, you're trying to so do I, like the same sums like four plus one equals five like two plus whatever <laughs> like <laughs> i have no idea oh. um yeah like i don't know why we watched it that way uh because it made no sense from a narrative perspective like i understand machete order even if i don't particularly get why you would want to watch it in that way yeah. um but yeah like i it, we just i think that was just like well we had seen, like, I guess the corresponding movie to each trilogy, I think, was the idea. You know, that we'll watch the first movie of each trilogy, and then the <laughs> second movie, then the, then the third one. Right, um, right. That's funny. So you did your sort of meta order, as it were. <laughs> yeah. That, so, Cal, for good, uh, some of our fans who may actually hold down uh, jobs and have meaningful relationships in their life, who don't know what you're meaning when you say machete order... Uh, you know, I'm thinking of our, our very few fans who don't have pizza crumbs in their neck beard. Can you explain what that is? Like, 
Um, so the machete order is the idea that uh, you watch episodes four, five. You skipped one entirely. Um, you watch four, five, two, three, and then six. So the idea is is that you start with Luke Skywalker, and then you get to the father. I am your father reveal, and then you go back in time to get to, okay, wait, how did Darth Vader become Anakin Skywalker? And then you start with two and three, and then you conclude the story with six, with having, you know, taking it from Luke's perspective and then a meta, um, like, flashback into Anakin's past, and then it all culminates with episode six of with Anakin Skywalker's redemption and at the hands of uh, saving Luke Skywalker, I guess at the hands of himself. I don't know right. <laughs> who else. Because we all him. <laughs> we we all know that that big payoff in Return of the Jedi needed a little bit of like you know backstory flashback for it to really be emotionally right. resonant, right? I mean, uh, without that, it just falls flat and seems just kind of you know contrived. <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> so I detect from from you know hearing you talk like I mean I I think you do have a driver's license like you're not that young but perhaps you are a little bit cynical about some of the prequels. Am I correct in that in that guess? Um, no, I actually I really like the prequels. Okay, um, they are not from a objective standard good movies, but they are what I uh, what I grew up with. Um, my first celebrity crush was Padme or Natalie Portman. Oh, wow. um, so I have like very fond memories of like growing up and watching the prequels. And, um, so yeah, it's weird. People like to, um, people don't know where to place me because I actually like all three trilogies. Hmm. Um, and I am happy to rewatch them at any point. <laughs> great, um, great. You're like the body positive equivalent of a Star Wars fan, you know, obesity, anorexia, or just being plain healthy. It's all okay, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could be more like you. I mean, it it is just so tiring and wearisome uh, having such uh, toxic, strong opinions about some of the properties to be churned out of the the butthole of Lucasfilm. But um, I I have softened some of my strong opinions as well, but uh, growing up, being a you know a gamer as well you must be well acquainted with some of the new games that have come out recently uh have you played jedi fallen order yet uh i have played some of it i've not finished it um i got stuck on uh i think it was zepho and then um time you know I, I ran out of time during christmas break to finish the game and so i think i'm i'm still very early on in the game but i kind of know what happens because internet and spoilers there's no etiquette for that anymore um, but yeah, uh, Fallen Order, uh, from what I've played was great. Um, Battlefront 2 is my current addiction right now. I play that every single night. Um, and, and yeah. So if fans uh, wanted to get on there and, uh, you know, blast you into smithereens, how would they find you on Battlefront 2 in that world on Twitch or whatever? Um, yeah, on Twitch, uh, right now I am... I, I am trying to finish my streaming setup, although right now our, my my internet has sabotaged me. It's been giving me problems, so like I can barely game, let alone stream. But uh, if you want to find me on Twitch, uh, I am Geek Source, just simply one word. Um, I don't even know if caps matter. If they do, nothing in that is capitalized. Um, and then on I don't Origin, think Twitch I've, is casist. I don't think it is. I, I could be okay. wrong. But. <laughs> 
Um, on Origin, if you want to f- uh, find me and have a match or two, um, it is also Geek Source, capital G, capital S. Um, you can find me there because I play on PC. So. Oh, very good, very cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a, just a very light gamer. I only have you know a Nintendo Switch, so I'm actually awaiting. I was gonna say, you know, when you mentioned the Lego Star Wars, I'm I'm very excited for this new game coming out because it seems to be a game that's for somebody of my modest intellectual abilities might be able to handle. I think if I started playing Jedi Fallen Order, my head would explode. It's so complicated, and there's so much you can do in that world. But uh, oh, the yeah. Lego the Lego uh, games have been very fun. So. Oh, I know. They're they're very simplistic, but yet not like uh, they don't get boring. Like that's what I always found. Like it, revisiting them, I recently uh, revisited the the complete saga uh, last last year at some point because it's available on the iPad. And like, yeah, it's it's addictive gameplay. Like it's very simplistic, but it doesn't ever feel like um, you're doing the same thing over again. There's just enough balance and variety in the gameplay that it's it's a lot of fun Hmm. um Hmm. now some people who might say that that's sort of true of the star wars films that disney has put out as well that they you know different films with different feels and uh and that that's actually a good thing i have heard the voice of other critics say that you know um the star wars didn't fit their mental canon they had written but i i like the fact that you have films like the last jedi which feels very very different from say uh rogue one or solo i don't know what, what do you think that's a good thing for star wars to have this crazy variety that we uh, seem to be getting into now with other shows as well like mandalorian and stuff oh definitely um that's one of the things i've been saying i think is is a positive about like the new era of star wars we're entering with mandalorian the obi-wan show um and them kind of broadening the horizons of uh, it looks like we're getting the high republic era um i have heard uh, that term being spun now what do you make of that the high republic uh, well, obviously there's going to be a lot of weed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can hope so. I may need some of that, you know, after, uh, after the sequel trilogy. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, from what I understand, it's 400 years before the Phantom Menace. And of course this is all rumors based on, um, uh, what leakers have heard and stuff like that so i don't know how true it is but and there's references in certain comics and books that people have pointed out i haven't read them myself Mm -hmm. um because as much as i would love to i don't have the time anymore to obsess over everything about star wars like i did back when i was 13 i could quote you just about any page off of wikipedia when i was a teenager sure um but from what i understand like yeah the high republic has been getting referenced a lot in some of the um in some of the new canon comics and books. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be the next era with Project Luminous and the upcoming Star Wars trilogy, which we have one more day or two more days at the time of recording to find out who that director they were supposed to announce this month is going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it's that's all we know about it really is that it's 400 years before The Phantom Menace and that it's going to be exploring like that era of the galaxy it's a very even if i'm i I never read much legends but even if um 
I, I think it's safe to say that that wasn't even an era that Legends explored that much. It always seems like it was Knights of the Old Republic and then a thousand years forward we're into the Phantom Menace. So I could be wrong, but hmm, hmm. Um, I'm very excited because, yeah, I think like with this new variety of, getting back to the original point, I got off topic there. Um, That's never happened new... yet on this podcast in two years, so <laughs> first time for everything. Um, I feel like the the this new variety that we're getting is is for the best because you'll have one thing you may not like, but you'll have this next thing coming out that oh I like this. Like people who didn't like the Last Jedi and don't like the the Disney Star Wars films seem to really like the Mandalorian, and then Mandalorian just seems to be a people pleaser and that everyone likes it. Um, and so I think that's that's a strong suit of the more variety they can bring in, the more fans they can please because fans won't just have one material that they have to look forward to. They have all of this material. Um, and I think that was why so many fans were angered with this new trilogy because it was it was at up until um, you know this year, it was the only Star Wars material we were getting. Outside of like a kids' cartoon on Disney XD, I think Resistance. Well, yeah, I mean Resistance is not even that bad a show actually uh, for what it is. I mean, I've watched only the first season, but um, we were gonna actually have Christopher Sean on the podcast. He's a diehard listener, um, and if you're out there, Chris, the chicken nuggets are in the mail. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but yeah, interesting. Well, sometimes I think that that the way fandom interacts with uh, the Star Wars properties and content that's made in some ways is more interesting than the actual movies themselves. Uh, being an internet personality yourself, I know you've had podcasts in the past and you're uh, an accomplished YouTuber. And, um, you know, how do you find that relationship being in terms of just being a fan, but also being somebody who produces content about Star Wars and the fan fictional stuff that comes out in that way? Um, yeah, the, that is yeah, it is definitely more interesting than the films. Uh, that's for sure. Because, um, uh, like, yeah, the fandom is fascinating to me because, like, uh, like recently, I don't know what I did. I don't know what what um, heinous act I I committed, but the 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 section of of uh, fandom known as uh, the Raylos. Uh, a lot of them have blocked me on Twitter. <laughs> I think I said one thing that wasn't exactly pro Raylo, and they've all just they've blocked me. Like the amount of times I've seen tweets that like it's a retweet or something else, and I'll click on the link, and then it says you are blocked from viewing this person's link, uh, profile or something like that. And I'm like, wow, what? Are they? You know, it's just like so many. Um, and I think like, it's because yeah. they heard you were gonna be appearing on Faking Star Wars Radio. Possibly. <laughs> um, I mean. I, what did you guys do to them? Um, what didn't we do? <laughs> um, I mean, I have been trying very hard to have the most blocks of any internet personality, um, and I think I've got you know the record with with uh, at least Star Wars fans over over twenty five years old. I don't know about the younger <laughs> generation, but um, but seriously, you know, Raylo is a controversial topic. Is it is it as simple as you know people just simply don't have any real relationships, and this is their romance? This that they. <laughs> have between uh ray and and uh kylo ren um in 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 my case yes <laughs> um, uh, yeah um i do think so i think definitely some people take these things a little a little too seriously uh we all need to take a chill pill at some point like and i'm talking to myself too like sure. i have definitely 
um, I've I've been on the the bandwagon of like, oh my god, this film ruined things for me, and ah, you know, like, <laughs> you know, with Star Wars, thankfully, it's it's been kind of just like one movie every year, every couple years. So like, there's less ranting, at least for me, because it's not a week by week basis. <laughs> yeah, you, you you just have to get your hopes up for three years and then have them dashed in two hour period, which is much more cathartic. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> So speaking of Raylo, I mean, how many times did you see Rise of Skywalker in the theater, and uh, how many times did you weep when they kissed? Um, I have seen it twice now, uh, which I know that makes me not a true fan by any stretch of the imagination because I've not seen it twenty times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I definitely, um, I, I here's what's weird is like I'm in this weird thing where I don't particularly care for the Raylo fandom after this film because I feel like they've gone off the deep end um, in like engaging in a lot of the toxicity that I was trying to get away from after the last Jedi um, <laughs> but I actually was like fine with Raylo like I liked it um, I was not gonna lie I was kind of disappointed when um, Ben Solo died although I don't think he had a bad ending either i'm like really weird and on the fence like i'm not anti Raylo, but i'm also not like i'm not hashtag bring ben solo back if, if they decide to keep him dead i think he had a good ending but um yeah i thought their moment in the film was actually really really cute and um and i i feel for i feel for my my one of my family members who was actually devastated when he died because yeah she was she was really on the uh um on the Raylo train so to speak and I wanted see. them to live happily ever after and me not being nearly as invested in the romance as i am in seeing spaceships uh blast each other out of the sky <laughs> um didn't particularly care if it went one way one way or the other but uh, i did like um yeah, Rise of Skywalker is a complicated movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to talk about. I mean, I thought that it was merciful that they killed off Ben Solo because clearly he always had the hots for Rey. Um, but like, I mean, think about it this way: like his lightsaber was blue. I mean, before he turned to the dark side and stuff. So theoretically, he still has that lightsaber. But like after presuming that he had survived and that you know he did spend the rest of his life with Rey, Rey is a Jedi. Like we know that Jedi's just can't get into that kind of romantic thing. So after many. years years living with Rey on Tatooine with nothing else to do, his lightsaber would not be the only thing that was blue, if you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> so, I think it was merciful that they, they killed him off then, and it was uh, a nice ending and made him into a martyr. After killing his father, what else are you gonna do, right? I mean, they can't right. they can't erase that. So, um, I had no problem with that. I actually really enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. thought it was a, just a ton of fun. Um, and, uh, so that's interesting. You know, we share that opinion, even though we're from sort of different generations, as it were. Hmm. Um, let's go back a bit, though, and talk about uh, just The Last Jedi and how you know you feel about that, oh because I know that you did this 50-minute um, uh, review of The Last Jedi re-edit, um, you know, edited to avoid triggering these uh, vitriolic Star Wars fans. Tell us a little bit about that video, making it. What was it like? Oh, that was a very fun project. Um, so The Last Jedi, that is, uh, I, I'm one of those ones that, um, 
you know, if if there was the toxic haters, I was the I was toxically positive about that movie. <laughs> um, very strongly opinionated, and I loved the Last Jedi, which made my first viewing of the Rise of Skywalker very rough with that um, certain reveal. Interesting. Uh, that kind of undid what Last Jedi did. Although after having seen the Rise of Skywalker again, I've I've come around um, to some of the more controversial elements, and I don't think it. It actually undoes the Last Jedi as much as I thought it does, and I actually think they they have a nice conversation with each other. If we want to, you know, use weird, I don't remember. I think that's what Chris Terrio said: is that it's a it's a dialogue yeah. between the films or something. But uh, but yeah, Last Jedi. I loved that movie, and I remember there was a video, you know. So there, of course, there are countless re-edits going around, and that was a really fun project for me because. I don't remember who it was that exposed it to me on Twitter. I think it was at, uh, I think it, he, he goes by Manny, um, and his at is like at Manny Bothans. Uh, Manny Bothans, yeah, there. Manny Bothans. I yeah. know him, yeah, sure. Yeah, and I think it was like he had seen it and was tweeting out like comments on, on, the, on the re-edit, and just some of them were to be honest, laughably bad. And so I was like, oh, I want to watch this for myself. But then I like was like, well, okay, hold on. You know, let's not be, let's not judge the, the let's not, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Um, let's not judge something based off of what, what one little thing here and there. Um, and I decided to, you know what I mean? Like one out of context clip that you've seen on Twitter. Doesn't and capture let's actually, the fullness of it. Yes. Right. And so I wanted to actually, and since I am a YouTuber um, of like, I think 35 subs or something like that, um, <laughs> I wanted to do something fun of like, actually watch it with no preconceived notions and just understand, okay, like what if this was the film that came out in theaters and of course compare it to like the actual film and where things like on a technical aspect of how things were edited and changed and replaced and you know because i had heard about this guy's re-edit um i think the guy's name was ivan ortega oh yeah i think he's um, associated with geeks and gamers if i'm not mistaken yeah um and so i yeah because it was that crowd that was like sharing it around and and so i remember being like okay let's actually analyze this and see like is this actually a good re-edit because re-edits are done all the time but it's very rare that you'll actually see one that gets like pushed outside of like the little niche community that is uh people that do fan edits um well i, I mean I the stench before... alone once it gets pushed out usually makes people uh have to you know just makes them faint so i mean that that right? is one of the reasons why uh, that usually doesn't happen you know it's been sitting in the same room as as this community for so long just absorbing the <laughs> odor of sweat and bo and boogers and pizza <laughs> and everything by the time they finally finish the edit and put it out in the open world uh, you know animals are turning over and falling off of trees and stuff. So I think that might be one of the reasons why that doesn't happen as often as you might expect. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't do re-edits. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, yeah, it, that, that was a really, <laughs> that was a really fun video because like, yeah, like it actually made me flex my, my, my analytical muscles of like actually not just, watching 
something but actually taking notes and it was the very first project where i've ever done where i've ever done that and it was my first kind of like deep dive video and it, it, i didn't intend it to be a 50 minute video but the, like the more thoughts i had about it the more i wrote up and like i wanted to cover the good and the bad and just kind of the yeah okay and what i found was like the the um the edit did the same thing that a lot of people accused the last jedi of doing with the original theatrical run of like not really making sense on a deeper level. Um, for, because for me, I think that The Last Jedi works narratively both as a sequel to The Force Awakens, but then also in terms of like, you know, this larger story. I really like what it did with the characters. Um, and there were just things that like, from a story-wise perspective, I was like, wait, this, this edit doesn't really, I get what it's going for, but I don't think it delivers on what it's going for. And, you know, and then there were some technical aspects. I was kind of like, this, this is, um, Wait, what? Janky? And so it was just, Does the word janky come to mind? Or <laughs> yes, yes, janky is definitely the word I, right. I would use. Like there were there were audio bits that he that that were used that felt kind of off to me. Like they were recorded in a, in a bathroom with a, a a bunch of smelly Cheetos or something like that. Like on and, a Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, like it made me want to do more videos like that, and I wish I had more more time in my uh, in my day-to-day life to actually find things that to analyze and, and work on because now I get why people do those kind of 30 minute 40 minute in-depth studies of anything because it's fun it's really fun to like really make yourself think about something and that's what that that made me did it made me like kind of question like okay d- what I like about the last Jedi and then also like re we uh, reconsider what I like about the last shot in light of this new version of it and like see what this new uh, vision of what the film could have been was working with and like where that worked and where it didn't work and where the original film maybe failed at where this new version succeeds and vice versa. And I really, yeah, that I could, I could go on rambling about that for a while, but uh, I would, I would just say to watch my video. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, uh, <laughs> you have nice video production and you know, got you, there's a lot of clips of the, sh- of the movie itself on there. And you even do comparisons where you show uh, different mm-hmm. scenes from the Rietta and from the original. Um, have you have you had any trouble like posting that stuff to YouTube? Uh, has the mouse knocked on your door with a shotgun and threatened you at all? <laughs> or have other people gotten on your case for your views on The Last Jedi? How has Cal been able to survive thus far with his views and, and the way he's doing his production? Um, yeah, well, he, um, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, the video was not uploaded for two seconds before it got copyright struck. <laughs> um, yeah. Only and, two seconds. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, like it was. It it. I thought the video hadn't uploaded. I thought it was still uploading when I checked it, and and then I'm like refreshing the page, and I decide like why isn't it uploading? And so I go to another device only to see that this this has been copyright struck or this video has been claimed on copyright grounds by Disney something or other and. I don't remember yep. exactly what it was, and I think unfortunately my old Twitter account that covered that whole saga was uh, uh, was suspended uh, for um, a joke. Um, there's a huge Star Wars joke where we all were pretending to be different people from uh, the universe, uh, from the Star Wars universe, like Ryan Johnson, Adam Driver, Hayden Christensen, Kathleen Kennedy. We were all pretending to be these people, and. Um, I guess that's against the terms of service to do that, even as a very clear joke, because um, 
Well, I got sniped, and a few others got sniped, and our accounts are gone. So wait, are you telling uh, me that you actually created fake accounts of people on Twitter and made tweets and posts that were not real? Uh, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, I wouldn't know say. anything yeah, about was... that. I have absolutely no experience with that whatsoever. Um, and I actually think that you should be publicly shamed uh, to the you know oh. nth degree for for trying to 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 do that and fake people out in the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, shame on you for thinking you could inject humor into a situation that's quite serious and requires our full respect right? and attention. Well, if you if you want to see my public shaming, just look up at GeekSourceEnt, and you'll find account suspended as my <laughs> uh, permanent permanent shame reminder that uh, I I I. Uh, I angered the Twitter gods. Interesting. interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, to be uh, honestly, I mean, all things actually, you know, just to be uh, completely serious, um, I actually am a fake person myself. I am not real. Um, I am a hybrid human <laughs> created by all of the different Twitter accounts that we've created for faking Star Wars. We ran this through the fake-o-meter um, that we have here in our basement, and the Russian trolls threw in some of their meat pies, mixed <laughs> in some warm vodka, and this is what was, you know, puked out of the machine um so i am actually fake in myself i don't exist so oh that yeah that explains a lot of things <laughs> it makes it a lot easier to get away with copyright infringement on my youtube channel right? <laughs> so so oh, yeah. uh, have you had to try to re reshape your channel as a result of these the videos getting um, kind of flagged by the the mouse house um that one okay it's it's really weird because I didn't actually end up having to redo that video at all, thankfully, because I was very proud of the end product and it was devastating to me to see that, like, it possibly could never be seen by anyone else but me. Like, I spent so much time on that thing. I think I spent, like, two weeks working on the video, hmm. and hmm. which, for some people, is, like, a small amount of time. Like, there are people who spend months on their on their videos, but, um, you know, this was my very first time ever working with that, and I'll definitely... I took notes, but... I remember, like, they, they flagged me, they flagged me in a lot of places, like, I can never monetize that video for, um, using extensive, uh, uh, length of the official soundtracks, um, so I can't, uh, I can never monetize the video because it's been claimed, like, in five places for using John Williams' music, hmm. but, hmm. uh, the things that got me were actually the, using, uh, um, official scenes from the movie, Right, right. For that went longer than a certain period of time. And for me, I was like, okay, I can't get rid of these sections. You know, I mean, I could definitely have edited the video around, but it was like in the fairness of actual doing a, uh, you know, presentation A and presentation B comparison, uh, I couldn't like bring myself to re-edit those sections uh, of removing because they were diving into like here's what the original scene was like here's the edited scene this was like okay here you go because i hate it when people do that where they just talk about how things change without actually showing you and of course now i get why they well, do I mean, that that would um, that would be that they would be integral to the whole point you're trying to make because the whole idea is you're comparing like how did the pacing change exactly. in the scene how are you going to do that by just showing a clip i mean that would be like trying to do say an unboxing as a bit on a podcast for example right i mean like what is that going to do for anybody right who would be um, stupid enough to make that a bit on their star wars podcast i just don't know <laughs> but uh, so so yeah but I, I, mean, I have a lot of respect for you though for um taking what you think and and i mean last jedi very controversial film but you know having the the uh 
you know, just the cojones to say, well, hey, you know what? I'm just going to have fun doing this and, and I'm going to spend two weeks of my life making this video without even knowing how many people are going to see it. Um, and, and that's that's cool that there's fans out there that like, you know, that, that like Star Wars enough to just to just be creative, you know, and, and do something. So that's right. really what we're all about here on the podcast is affirming that. Um, that's one of the reasons why we want to do this now where we're giving the floor to guests and um, just, just having people out there in the Star Wars world with interesting stories to tell like yourself so how, how did you end up getting into um this at all i mean making videos uh maybe not even just about star wars but just your channel um you know you, i don't know i guess it's not your really your full-time job as it were but how you know you had podcasts how did you fall into all this to be honest it was something that i had always had on the back of my mind since like youtube was a thing and i was a kid like i've always loved making videos hmm. like there are so many countless home videos of like me and my different family members of pretending to be a Jedi and pretending to be a Sith Lord and having lightsaber duels. I remember me and uh, my me and my sister we recreated uh, we recreated Revenge of the Sith, but with our stuffed animals. Like we just you know it was one camera angle it was not really all that uh, all that professional. Like I know people have done this concept and done it better where you know cats are star wars and stuff like that but we called it revenge of the cats and it was just you know one camera and we we just we played we replayed the whole movie with our different cats uh, and stuffed animals um which i don't know why it was predominantly cats because we we are we love all animals uh we're not discriminatory um you're not cat uh, yeah <laughs> um and and like it was just we we we. I remember we had like uh, glowing pencils um, that or they didn't really glow, but they sparkled. So they had like this really weird wrapping around them that like sparkled in the light, and those were the, the cat's lightsabers. And you know we didn't do anything fancy with it. It was just us literally sitting like on the floor and like with our hands moving the the characters around and pretending to be you know like one was anakin skywalker another one was you know um was emperor palpatine but then like it was also meta in that the movie opened with like each character introducing themselves as my name like because you know we we got really involved with our fantasies about our stuffed animals of like you know they had real names and real lives and they did things and this was their play this was their movie that they were making and so like you know they they opened up and welcome to our production of da, 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 you know and so it was so <laughs> like yeah um can i so watch this loved... can i please watch this that's the only thing on my mind like can i please get a bottle of tequila drink it and watch this uh you know home movie of yours um i would love to post it i would need uh permission from my uh from my family members to sign off on it um but we'll, we'll make totally t-shirts to. for this you know uh and sell them on our site <laughs> if we can get our hands on it because it sounds absolutely glorious um it, is, it reminds <laughs> it me was. like when storm deeper when i was just a wee lad we would uh remake some of the you know show uh scenes from star wars and like we had a bunch of i don't know why like pom-poms like you might see at like um a sporting event with cheerleaders and we just kind of uh -huh. tucked them into like my you know my my father 
father's clothing, like everywhere, you know, like between the buttons of his shirt, his pockets and everything. Hey, he just had these pom poms hanging off of him. And so, you know, that was Chewbacca. And uh, we had like an old soundtrack record, you know, and it would just we just keep replaying the same sound whenever any character would would walk into the set of the living room, like with a coffee table. And they'd be like, dun, 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 dun. I'm Lando Cal. Oh, yeah. We had our little friend, you know, uh, he couldn't say Lando Calrissian. So it became Lando Collision. And, you know, just so it was uh, there's probably, um, you know, more delight in those videos that that we all have from our childhood than than actual anything Disney's ever going to make. So um, I'm interested in in all those. So if you do decide to release that, let us know and we'll collaborate on it and have you back to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> I would, uh, I, I, if I can find it, because I would, I would, I don't know if it's in our digital library or not. I may have to like rummage through old discs and have to re-rip it onto the computer. Right, but right. That's the first challenge, and then I would have to get my family to sign off on it. Um, and I'd probably, I probably tweak just a few things. But yeah, I would. Yeah, why not? I would, I, I would say make that. it a special edition. You know, send it off to a FX house and see if they can digitally add in a Job of the Hut or something. You know, to make it oh more my compelling. Gosh, that would be, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's funny you you mentioned that about the music because that's that's what our soundtrack was was uh, the Imperial March. The soundtrack for the movie was you know we you had to have an orchestra right to because this was a movie we put the Imperial March on loop oh, because. Wow. What if there's one uh, one theme for Revenge of the Sith? It's the Imperial March, where the bad guys <laughs> take over throughout the entire film, every event, no matter what is going on. The Imperial March, right? Imper- and it's like playing off a computer speaker in the background, so it's like the best orchestral background backing you could ever have. Um, <laughs> very cool. Oh uh, yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, yeah, you know this this idea of just kind of making Star Wars personal and 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 reacting to it in your home right it's so easy now with social media to do that but even as children it, you know we we do that but um now as as you're becoming a little older and you're thinking about star wars as more than just entertainment a lot of uh, people have gotten into doing cosplay or or seeing star wars as an opportunity for like charity um and like with the 501st uh i know they do a lot of great work around the around the country do you have any kind of inklings or interest in that in that sort of world at all um not like personally like i would if i had the time and the ability to do it certainly um but just it, uh, it's not a a thing i can do right now unfortunately maybe maybe when i'm a little bit older and i have more financial independence and stuff like that but uh, mm. um and i can i can like set out and and do that i would love to mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, my, my only interactions with them have been, uh, have been at the theater where they come and like, they'll, they'll, um, be, they'll be in the stormtrooper armor and they'll, they'll take photos with people. And I love that. That is honestly my favorite thing about every star Wars premiere I've been to is, uh, taking pictures of the 501st. Oh, wow. Um, because there's always like two or three that are waiting outside, uh, the theater, at least at my theater, they're always waiting at the end of every star Wars premiere, um, for pictures and stuff like that. It is so cool. Now I might ask um, you, uh, you don't have to tell us exactly where you are, but like, I've never seen that at my theater. So, uh, what's so good about you and makes me so crappy. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it's, because, it, like, it's a smaller theater, actually, so I don't know how they, how they managed to acquire that, but, uh, 
Um, yeah, it's in it's in Michigan. I'll cool, I'll say cool. that. So do you have um, a so maybe favorite? Michigan, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Good. Uh, maybe Michigan is just the coolest state that we get the five hundred first to come to our theaters. I don't know. Very good. Nice. <laughs> do you, I mean? Do you have a favorite costume or or new character maybe uh, that's been um, involved? You know, maybe from the newer movies or or TV shows that you would particularly like to meet at the 501st or uh if they did that as a cosplay on a conference or something um well there is one uh, i my answer is twofold mm-hmm. um there is one person that um does captain rex he's on instagram i think just at captain rex or something like that um his armor is glorious mm. i would love to be in person and meet him and be like yes like dude let me take your picture and like sign my uh, all my shirts and stuff that are star (laughs) wars because his armor is like the best like captain rex is my favorite clone and his armor is the best like by far the best captain rex armor i've ever seen and um but if there's one member of the 501st i would ever like to actually meet um as like a specific member hello greedo I know he's a part of the 501st, and I watch his videos almost every time he posts one, and I catch almost every live stream. Uh, I, I love that dude, and um, and he 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 just does like a normal stormtrooper armor, but I just think he's such a cool guy. And so if I were to ever like could meet anyone from the 501st, like a specific person that has joined the 501st, I would love to meet him because I think he's just cool. I need to get his book. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Um, so, so uh, uh, talking about uh, Hello Greedo, you know, he he also wears a helmet, um, but his actually does come off, and and he has a face under there, unlike myself, where there's a, just another helmet <laughs> underneath. Um, but uh, different uh, different fans, uh, you know, have different views on storm on the stormtroopers that have been created, like for for Star mm-hmm. Wars and, and clone troopers. I'm I'm including in that, of course, even though. There, you know, might be some people who don't consider them stormtroopers. Uh, do you have a favorite design um, of a stormtrooper, or which one would you like, you know, to see, uh, you know, ripping your children limb from limb, for example, like in? The- <laughs> um. Ooh, my favorite stormtrooper design. Uh, probably. Oof. Uh, probably. I mean, there is like just out of one specific outfit there is like captain rex like i love his armor yeah um but it, it, my favorite like stormtrooper or clone trooper class uh see i personally i really liked the biker scouts growing up i thought they were cool mm-hmm. um just because they were sort of the only thing that was different right i mean there were stormtroopers there were mm-hmm. a couple guys that had white aprons on in Hoth. hoth i don't know why you need an apron to keep snow off of your hard armor but you apparently do <laughs> um but then those biker scouts just were completely different they had the little compact gun right. that looked like kind of like a coke can um and a little nipple at the end which you know i like nipples so it was perfect um <laughs> I'm a big fan of the Biker Scouts. I was so happy to see that they got a lot of credibility there having that uh, scene of dialogue in The Mandalorian. Forgive me if you haven't seen the whole show. But I've se- I've seen that. Yeah. Cool, cool. Great. All right. I've I've not uh been happier um to see two stormtroopers get their come up and then those two because <laughs> Oh, the way they were treating Baby Yoda, I was horrified. I was like, oh, right. how dare you? Yeah, so yeah. when IG-11 came around and just whooped them, I was like, yes, 
<laughs> IG eleven, um, you know, knight in shining armor, uh, riding through oh, the sunset. Oh yeah, the the best, the best knight in shining armor for sure. Absolutely, probably my favorite uh, clone trooper or stormtrooper class. Honestly, though, has got to be the death troopers. Now I think about it, I couldn't think of their name, but rogue one really guys. Yeah, they rogue were one. Cool. Yeah, um, and they're fun to play in Battlefront too. Um, hmm. Hmm. And I really like their 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 oh what do you call them the, like the, the not the filtration but the the scramblers that they have on their um, masks that scramble when they talk I love that mm-hmm. so much it is like both creepy and cool very that haunting. you never understand what they are saying I love that right right that was an innovation you know a sound plays such an important role in Star Wars of course um, I mean some would argue maybe even more than the visuals. Um, and Lucasfilm, I think, has done Definitely. a good job. Not as many people talk about the sound design for uh, the sequel trilogy as they do about the practical effects, as it were. Uh, but right. you know, I know Ben Burt kind of passed off the torch to to uh, new guys with uh, the the sequel trilogy, but um, his influence is still there, right? You can still hear uh, mm-hmm. that. And I, he may have had something to do with the Force Awakens. I can't recall right now, but. Yeah, I can't either. Yeah. I know Matthew Wood was the guy who did uh, the sound for um, at least the Rise of Skywalker. Right. Because um, yeah, yeah, sound design, yeah, sound design is definitely one of the more underappreciated things, just in general. People don't realize just how much goes into it. But mm-hmm. yeah. So if you, uh, I would. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I would definitely say that probably my favorite moments in all of Star Wars, in terms of like sound, um, is been it uh, was the hold'em maneuver that was the first time seeing that in theaters was glorious everything went silent and then that sound oh yes i have never been more satisfied to see a star destroyer get just blown up <laughs> than in that moment because it was just the sound was glorious after like the way it was placed it was like comparable to intact the clones when Django Fett unleashes that like sonic bomb that like goes off and it it sucks yeah, all the don't... sound into it kind of like a black hole and then just explodes. Yeah. I agree. You know that that moment um, in the Last Jedi, for for whatever else you feel about the Last Jedi, and I happen to I happen to like it for a lot of reasons and find it all those things problematic. But for anything else, that scene, you know, the entire structure of that scene leading up to that moment of sound has to be one of the top ten moments in any Star Wars uh, film. It's just it's Definitely. it's masterfully done. I know people don't like the Holdo maneuver, but it's one in a million. <laughs> it's amazing. I I could def- I I did not need the Rise of Skywalker to tell me a one in a million shot. I had a like five paragraph defense for why that why that scene worked and worked in that context and why it didn't break canon. Can you tell I'm passionate about this? Movie? Oh, we'd love to hear <laughs> what's your argument. Uh, why is it okay to um, smash a ship into another at light speed and that's not a weird thing? Um, oh boy, you want me to go on go this? Go for it. <laughs> give us uh, right. give us the um, two-minute elevator speech on why Ryan Johnson didn't ruin uh, the speed of light forever. Okay, so first off, everyone was like, well, why hasn't it happened it before? Okay, just because we've only seen it in The Last Jedi doesn't mean that it hasn't happened before, okay? There have been countless books and comics that'll come out, and I'm sure you'll see the whole maneuver happen before and after this movie. I mean, heck, it happens at the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Please tell me it, that they don't do, like, a prequel movie with Holdo as a young girl, and she's, like, talking to her friends, and, you know, she's like, I used to light-speed womp rats in my, like, <laughs> cruiser back home, you know? Um, that would be pretty lame but <laughs> um 
Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think there's a prequel book about her. I don't think she does any maneuvers like that in the in the book, but uh, I know that uh, there is something of a book about her before the events of Last Jedi, at least. Um, but yeah, so... The Holdo maneuver, uh, like, it sounds like you went to the chiropractor and had some vertebra adjusted right? or something. Like, the fact that they gave it a name is hilarious to me, like... yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the the fact that it was called the Holdo Maneuver in the movie was just the most fourth bra- fourth wall breaking moment for the Rise yeah, of Skywalker yeah, yeah. for me. It was like they they really went with that for the name, but <laughs> um, yeah, it's definitely a stupid name. Uh, it needs something better. But um, anyway, go ahead. It so also <laughs> it also works from a practicality level because like most space battles, okay, are like dogfights. Like you would not want to pull the hold a maneuver in say the Battle of Endor or the Battle of Coruscant because look at how much damage it does. It destroys all of those star destroyers and like you do that, you risk destroying all of your own ships. Of course. Also from a cost and uh, practicality measure, like everyone was saying like, oh, they could just design a bunch of ships and you know, for light speed ramming. And it's like, well, they could, but you gotta think about that. It's not, it's way cheaper to produce an X-Wing with a couple of torpedoes that can blast the exhaust port of a big thing than it is to like build a giant ship. Because the thing is, is everyone likes to act like the whole maneuver does this a great amount of damage. And it does to the surrounding Star Destroyers, but it actually does not take out the supremacy. It splits it, but it does minimal amount of damage compared to the rest of the ships in, in the surrounding area. And I mean, all of our main characters survive. The First Order is able to send out a giant army to create afterwards. So obviously it is not that effective. Right, right, right. Against people, are, people are really mad because it's like, why not just always do that? Well, because then they'll come and they'll destroy your friends. <laughs> right. You know, right? like um, if we just kamikaze everybody so that we have less ships and less destroyers, they'll just fly down and blow us up with uh, a million uh, gorilla AT-ATs, right? So that makes a lot of sense right. to me. I haven't heard anyone make that argument before. You should get a YouTube channel. <laughs> uh i should uh but yeah like that is something that always bugged me because i was like uh, I, this doesn't break canon at all like that was the first thing that would like just was like come on just let it, okay even if it does break canon who cares it's cool yeah 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 <laughs> uh, I mean, people are afraid like who are these people who are afraid that something in a future star wars movie is gonna make the rest of the star wars movies silly they are silly there's a giant right? giant disgusting fat worm eating frogs out of a bowl of cereal chucking people down into a dungeon you know like come on this is stupid it's crazy <laughs> right and i and i get the argument of like well the the movie has to like the series of movies has to have their own internal logic in order to make sense and i do understand that argument but the problem with star wars is it's kind of vague on its own internal logic right honestly i mean we don't really have a, a detailed explanation of how space travel works in this series because like ships don't seem to have the the idea of momentum they're constantly burning fuel and pushing themselves along and the moment they run out of fuel and lose power they just stop even though space you know there's no, nothing stopping them from keeping moving no. you know the force is this weird energy field that you can do whatever with but is also somehow got a limit in that like you can you know uh, you can pass out if you uh exert yourself too much doing it somehow um but yet then you can also lift rocks and it's like not the easiest thing in the world and um yeah it's it's one of those things of like 
I, I get that argument, but I also don't think Star Wars has done a good enough job, in the movies at least, yeah. of explaining its own internal logic enough to to make the argument that anything in these new movies has necessarily broken its internal logic. The one thing I will say is probably force healing. That I do need an explanation for, like, where has that been in the first eight films and why was it never done before why is it in episode nine i mean i get that like if you're a nerd like me you understand that well only certain jedi can can force heal and that maybe it was a thing that the jedi order never really allowed their own users to do because you know they're not allowed to have attachments and so if everyone knew how to force heal then they'd all be force healing their loved ones and preventing everyone from dying and then that goes <laughs> against the attachment code i don't know it's not an official explained thing i want an ex- official explanation for that but yeah, I could go for hours, man. Right, right. It sounds it sounds like you have a lot of great ideas as well, and I really look forward to seeing them develop in the future as we get more content and more uh, stuff to talk about. So, um, if our fans are curious, you know, and interested in following you, uh, where can they get at you on Twitter, YouTube, Switch, TikTok, um, you know, AOL.com, Snapchat, uh, Chatterbait, whatever, you know, like how can they find you? <laughs> Um, on, uh, YouTube, of course, it is Geek Source Entertainment. Um, it, there is, it's, it's, you have to be very specific. It's capital G, capital S, one word, space, entertainment. You have to be very specific with how you search because I'm not big enough that I just pop up if you search mm. Geek Source or Geek Source Entertainment. You gotta get the capitalization right. You gotta get the, the one word thing with Geek Source right because if you make it Geek Space Source space entertainment doesn't come up aggravates me to no end about how youtube search algorithm works um so you got to get that specifically right if you want to find my youtube channel but if that's too hard um at geek source underscore um capital g capital s i don't think um it necessarily matters on twitter so much about capitalization um but that's my uh twitter handle and on the youtube link is in the in my bio and then i am uh the geek source official all one word on uh on Instagram. Okay. Those are, as far as I can recall, the only social medias I have. Very cool. And I plan to have a detailed video on The Rise of Skywalker out at some point whenever I manage to have the time to record a video that uh, will go on for way too long about my thoughts about that movie. Once the ashes have settled and you're you know no longer in fear of your life for saying anything at all about Star Wars movies ever, you know. Um, yeah. Right. So great. Well, um, I, I didn't think it would get worse after Last Jedi, and it somehow yeah, did. So, somehow uh, like, there yeah. there was one more drop of fun to squeeze out of Star Wars with this movie, and <laughs> I I mean I'll be damned if people didn't squeeze it out, you know, like. <laughs> But but wonderful, yeah. So now now that we live in a world where Star Wars is just horrible, um, you know, we'll look forward to the future. It's been really good. You know, we can rely on each other for emotional support in this uh, brave new world that we're entering here. But uh, thanks a lot for your time, uh, Cal. It's been wonderful having you on, and uh, we look forward to interacting in the future. So, Oh, yeah, definitely. Have me on again. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, unfortunately, that's all we have time for this week. You can find us at uh, following Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Real Faking Star Wars. And if you'd like to submit a question for us on Twitter, please use the hashtag FSWRadio and we'll read it next week. If you do not use the hashtag FSWRadio, we will come to your door and give you coronavirus. 
You can also get official FSW t-shirts and other gear at bit.ly slash FSWmerch. And if you like, go ahead and follow me on Twitter at StormDuper. If you like what you hear and want to support what we do, you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fakingstarwars and sign up to become a patron. You support us fakers financially so that we can keep making the content that you love, but you also get a great reward. You can join for as little as a buck a month. Be like Darth Taxis, Keith Harmon, or 97 Bravo, who have all joined in the past. Have you written us a review yet? Well, if not, please consider giving us a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast platform of choice. If you write a funny review, we'll read it on the next episode. As always, stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net for quality Star Wars comedy, parody, satire, and N95 respirators. Thanks to you and all our followers for listening. Of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time. Mm-hmm.